You're listening to the Sparrows and Wildflowers podcast. Stories of faith, love, life, loss, and eternity. This is episode number 24 of the Sparrows and Wildflowers podcast. Now, whether you're a first-time listener or a regular listener, I would love to hear from you. Just to know that you're listening or even to hear about what you'd like to hear from the podcast or what you've gotten out of the episode so far. So you can contact me at hello at rachelasimpson.com or on social media. I would love to hear from you. And for today's episode, we get to hear from Mary Bacon. Mary talks about growing up in Macedonia and moving across to Australia in her early teens. She speaks about family, about her journey into faith, her career as a personal trainer and massage therapist, and her holistic approach to well-being. Mary is also an author and has just released a book, Pregnant, Fit and Fabulous. You can find out about Mary's book at PregnantFitAndFabulous.com and on social media. And you can also watch Mary's cooking videos and find out about her personal training, trigger point therapy and see client testimonials on her website MaryBacon.com or again on social media. So now I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Mary Bacon. I was actually born in Macedonia. Really? Yes. Okay. So I am 48 now. And so 35 years ago, my parents decided to immigrate. And um, here we are. Excellent. So do you have any memories from back in Macedonia? Absolutely. Because when I left, I was only 13. Yes. So I went to school back home and um, I, I can still read and write fluently. I came here and of course I didn't speak any English so I had to learn English from the start. I think I knew a word like thank you and good morning and things like that but yeah obviously I had to learn everything from scratch and um, yeah it's been it's been amazing I'm so grateful that I'm in Australia. Oh yeah so was it not so good growing up back there? It was great. I mean, you know, it's a European country. You know, a lot of Australians go to Europe on holidays and mm. they talk about how amazing the country is, the architecture, the culture and everything. But um, just before my family immigrated, the whole Yugoslavia was, the states were demolished into in each individual countries. So the economy was down, being a communist country, um, yeah, things were starting to you know, really be bad. So it was a good timing for us to come out. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you sort of came as refugee? No, not at all. In fact, my parents attempted to come to Australia three times. Mm -hmm. So on the third time, we were allowed to come in because um, two years beforehand, my parents had come out here on holidays for my cousin's wedding. So they experienced the country, they experienced the culture, and they said, you know what, we're going to try again. And so they did, and I'm so grateful that they did. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. And so what was it like coming to a new country, to a new school where you didn't speak the language? I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. And, you know, being 13, you're just starting to grow up 
So I thought anyway. Mm. And um, back home, it's a really free country. You can go out freely. You can go to the shops. You can go to your friend's house. Um, You know, your parents will never have to worry where you are or even if you came home at 8 o'clock at night. And, you know, at that age, you're quite young. And so when we came out here, you know, it was like, oh, my goodness, you know, we were in an unknown country, didn't know anybody, didn't speak the language. So my parents were super, super protective. And so we're kind of like housebound in some way and I didn't like that so Mm. I I wanted to go back (laughs) but um you know 13 so we had to we came in October and we had to wait out uh for the school year to start so that we can go to a migrant center where obviously uh, I learned English with my brother and my sister and uh so once that was done for seven months then I started high school so essentially I actually lost out on two years of schooling I started year seven back home, Mm -hmm. so I left just as I started. And then coming to Australia, I learned English. Then I had the tail end two months out of year eight. So that was like a great loss. And so my schooling has only been year nine and 10, and that's it. So they just put you forward to year nine? Exactly, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I mean, can you imagine me going to, (laughs) at 15, going to, you know, like, Back to primary school. Yeah. No, <laughs> so it just wouldn't did. have worked, yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. And did you enjoy school once you settled in? I did. Mm-hmm. Yes. I yeah. loved it. And it was actually a breeze because the schooling system back home is, is very, very hard. So in year seven, you know, I was starting to have subjects like biology, history, physics, chemistry, geography, another language. Incidentally, I learned Russian. And so I, I can kind of like understand Russian and uh, what else? Um, art, music. Oh, my gosh. The, the whole thing. Just the, yeah, the school is a lot harder back home. So when I came to Australia and I was just given the option of geography or history, <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a breeze. We've got this down part. Yeah. So I kind of I actually really relaxed. I found school a bit boring here. Wow. Hmm. Okay. And how about religion was spirituality or God or religion part of your world do you have a memory of that (sighs) religion well I have been brought up in a home that um is classified as Greek Orthodox Mm -hmm. but I was never told about God in in the sense the the God that I know today Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is um I was never told about having a relationship with Jesus and the whole meaning of why Jesus died on the cross so my parents would take us to church you know Easter and um, Christmas Mm -hmm. and that was the extent of our um, you know religion and so they would have a lot of customary things you know which were kind of fun but at the same time there was nothing like you know living in grace or, or having been saved by grace and what does that mean again like what is this grace business and you know I'm a good person and I always sort of thought like I am a really good girl you know my parents are very strict so I haven't done anything wrong so what do I need you know this Jesus for yeah and so that was kind of like you know where I got to mm-hmm hmm. And so what did your journey look like as you kind of finished school? So um, I went to school for two years and then my parents being very, very hardworking, kind of like family, mum, you know, very industrious and very, uh, you know, my dad had a business at home. My mum had a business at home. Mm -hmm. So we were quite well off back home. In fact, you know, some of their friends thought it was a bit ludicrous for them to come out to Australia because like money was no object, you know, they had a big house and all this sort of stuff. So why did we 
do that or why did they do that and so when we came out here my parents thought that hard work was the only way to you know make a living Mm -hmm. and so they didn't want me to go to university Okay. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine that? Your, mm-hmm. your parents say, you're not going to university. <laughs> yeah, not the like, normal experience. That's right. And I just felt that I did not learn enough in high school in those two years. I actually wanted to get more education into my life and and um, do more things. But Did you know what you wanted to do, like career-wise? Not really, Yeah, to be honest. But it's interesting because uh, in high school, you know, you've got your school experience. And what did I go for? I went as an aerobics instructor or as an interpreter. Mm-hmm. And so I thought having a language behind me, surely I could, um, you know, make something off it. However, I was more drawn to the fitness aspect than anything else. And um, that's what happened. So I, I was told that I was not going to go to university, that I had to go to the receptionist center and become a secretary until I got married, which wouldn't be that far off because, you know, they had they, they had life planned out for me. And, um, oh, right. I know. So, so the gender roles were kind mm, of a strong thing? Very much so, yes. Okay. So, you know, I was brought up to be a wife and a mom. And even as young as 10, I remember my mom teaching me, you know, you got to cook this you got to cook that you got to clean the house before you go to school all that sort of stuff so um i was a good little you know european girl that was told how my life was going to look like and what i was going to do with it and so forth so not that there's anything wrong with that i guess those values are still instilled in me and now my children have kind of been not necessarily brought up the same way but with the same values you know okay so it's just interesting i think the generation the generational thing that happens you know yeah. yeah. Right. So did you go to the receptionist? I did. Center? You did. And I cried. Every oh. day I cried because my school, my high school was just down the road and knowing my friends were in year 11 and 12 oh. and, and getting studious and I was quite envious of that. So I cried. I'd get there and I'd be in that stupid typewriter, you know, and crying and crying and crying until I was um, interviewed uh, for a job. And um, back then, um, it, it actually how it turned out that I was hired by my father-in-law, my former father-in-law. So, yeah, so that's what happened. But he wasn't your father-in-law yet. No, that's no. right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. I went for this interview and uh, mm-hmm. he was looking for secretaries for his office. Mm-hmm. And um, I was the last person to get interviewed. And he thought, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to send this girl home and I'm just going to go through the motion and just interview her anyway, should we need one in the future. Mm-hmm. And so he had already found somebody for the office and then just as I was talking to him he said your English is very good I'm very impressed and I said oh well thank you Mr. Bacon you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said that's very encouraging and he said you know what I have another office and I think you'll be brilliant um, for that office and we have a lot of um, European people in that area and I think you could interpret for us I said that sounds fantastic Ah. I I was as keen as mustard I was just like happy to get a job so um, I did and um, shortly after that I actually um, you know, I saw like I, I was I loved my job. I was just like really keen. And I saw a Bible on the desk, on the receptionist desk. Oh. And so I and he told me, he says, you'll be working with my son. And, you know, this is the business. Da, da, da. I said, OK, great. And I saw this Bible. Yeah. And so I said, oh, I love the Bible. I said, well, you know, 
I didn't know what I was talking about, to be honest with you. I had no idea. I mean, <laughs> I didn't, I've never even read the Bible. Just <laughs> uh, being polite. But I was just, I was intrigued, I guess, you know, okay. I was intrigued by this Bible and I, I just felt like it was the secret book, you know, um, there must be so much goodness in it. It just, I don't know, something was drawing me to it. Wow. And so then my former husband, um, who was his son, said, yeah, well, you know, um, I just came out of Bible college and um yeah i mean this is what god is about and so he gave me a little leaflet to read and so the the story goes that here i am you know still having my christian faith and still going strong (laughs) with a few bumps in between (laughs) yeah 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 wow Mm -hmm. okay and did you enjoy being a secretary although it's not what you wanted uh i did i think because um i just had this company and my boss who who was my (laughs) father-in-law um i just saw something uh in their family and in their business that i'd never seen before Mm -hmm. and i think it was the unity of the family and how they lived and compared to my family it was um just worlds apart and i think i kind of was um, attracted to that and i was intrigued by what 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 this family had that I didn't have and and all that so yeah wow okay and so did your dream of fitness or your interest in fitness continue through that time as well well that's the thing back in school back home okay being a European country you have a lot of um, Olympics and you have um, I wanted to be in uh, I wanted to be a gymnast Mm-hmm. And so I told my dad when we came to Australia, I said, Dad, I know I'm only 13, but I want to be a world-class gymnast. And he just laughed at me. He said, you'll never be anything. Oh. And he said, you'll just be a wife. You know, that's as far as you're going to go. And I was so discouraged. But my spirit within me obviously was, um, you know, ticking to another level. And mm-hmm. um, I sort of kind of like rested that idea until I went to school and finished school and then I was you know secretary and then um, I got married and then my mother-in-law she was a very very health conscious woman very health conscious so I guess it was her drawing um, me closer to her that I've kind of felt like there is a healthier way of living and then I uh, after I had my first daughter I felt that okay you know I'm only young I'm only 20 I had my daughter at 20 I got wow. married at 18 and had oh. my daughter at 20 so wow. <laughs> so it's, it's been quite an interesting kind of journey and mm. I I sort of um my ex-husband said to me he said oh then it was my husband he said oh I want mum to take you shopping and um you know we're going to live healthy in this house and i said okay and i'm thinking why can't i do the shopping i'm quite an independent girl i can do it <laughs> but i think um just being open to that i just went for it and um so she yeah she has been an influence to me yeah and then um then what happened was that after i had my first baby i just wanted to be um fit um, I was obviously reasonably healthy at an, a, a young age, but I just wanted to be um, fit and healthy together. And then I joined a gym and then I thought, ha, huh, I could do this as a hobby. And that's what happened. I was, um, I joined a gym and I got hooked on aerobics and then I did a course and I quit my job in the city that I was working back then. And I said to my husband then, I said, you know what, I can do this. I can be at home with my daughter and I can go to the gym, teach a couple of classes 
And so then it evolved from there. So from the aerobics teaching, it evolved to nutritional courses, to um, training courses, to rehab courses, to pregnancy courses, to... I was a course junkie. I just wanted to know more and more. And so I evolved from one thing to the next. And then I started to sort of um, do more personal training because I had mums coming to me and asking me, how they can, you know, get back into shape or what I can help them with and so forth. Wow. Very so exciting. That was the journey. Yeah. And by that point, had you sort of, you spoke about seeing that Bible and, and being interested in that. Yes. Had you sort of encountered Jesus <laughs> for yourself? Well, uh, if I backtrack a little bit, it was like really weird because I I was obviously a very insecure little girl um, at, at 16 when I first met my husband and uh you know he he gave me this leaflet so i became a christian then i i read this booklet and it said that you know uh god came to earth for our sins you know there's um there's a bridge and um the bridge is the cross mm-hmm. and jesus you know is your savior so i i said the um savior's prayer um, or the sinner's prayer and i got saved and that in itself wasn't anything radical for me but i just felt peace um mm-hmm. and it may be like hard for some people to understand but i just felt peace so i became a christian but then going back to the insecurities of me at that young age um uh, my ex-husband said to me he said oh but you know what? I, I wouldn't live with you uh, before I would get married, or I, you know, he was like very, very um, firm with values and things, and morals and all that. And so um, I was like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, why, why wouldn't you want me and all this sort of stuff? But then he explained to me like the the whole thing, and I got it. And so, um, so I became a Christian. I had this Christian home, and um, yeah, so. It was all um, it was all great from there on. Then I was kind of like living a full blown like blessed life, you know. And wow. Yeah. At some point, I sort of thought like, oh my gosh, I wonder if Princess Diana is as happy as I am because it was just it was like amazing. Wow. Mm. So good. God was good. Yeah, still is. <laughs> <laughs> so you had your first daughter, and then you had a second. Is that right? Then I had a second, and then mm. I cried. Oh yeah. <laughs> Because I didn't think I could cope. I thought, oh my gosh, mm. I, you know, I've just got used to the idea of having a child, and she's running around, you know, night and day, and she's hyperactive, and you know, I've got to clean house and look after husband, mm. look after me, and um, go to the gym. And I thought, you know, it was then that I started to do my courses and everything. Uh. And how old were, how far between the daughters? Two years. Okay. So yeah, it, it was fairly quick that mm-hmm. I felt pregnant again. And you know what? Looking back now, it was like the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. The best thing ever. The girls are best friends. Oh, you know, nice. if one is short of something, the other one helps out. If the other one needs something, the other one always shows up. And um, they're, they're amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So... And so did you, you did the courses, did you become a personal trainer yes. as a result? Yes. And take on clients and yes. all that sort of thing? I did. And is yeah. that where you launched your own business? I Yes, that's right. So I launched my own business and um, I thought I could just run this as a sideline thing, you know, because I was uh, wanting to be at home with my children. Mm-hmm. And so I, it, I did um, personal training in a gym 
and it sort of started from there and then um, my former husband had ideas of having business overseas and um, we got carried away with you know other businesses internationally and stuff and it got to the point where um, yeah our marriage broke and so it was unfortunate and um, very sad time for for all you know really when you have a family breakdown yeah, yeah it's not just a family breakdown but it's the breakdown of the heart it's the breakdown of the spirit it's the breakdown of everything it's almost like trauma has hit the whole family and um it was awful how old were the girls they were nine and eleven when we separated so yeah and you were in Australia or did you move Yes, no, it was right here. Yeah, okay. it was here. But, you know, we travel yeah. overseas and so forth. Yeah. So I guess, um, you know, did I have an encounter, you know, in Jesus? Um, I think probably the most encounter that I would have had is that brokenness that came in that. Mm-hmm. And I was just in the valley and I didn't know how to get myself out. Like I had no joy and... I didn't know what next because I had this perfect little home and things just, you know, fell apart and it got shattered and it shattered my children. It shattered my um, husband at the time. It shattered me. But, you know, I think we sort of sometimes we use this um, blame game and, you know, it's either that or we have resentment or whatever it is. I think it's different for different people. And um, my, yeah, my thing was like a bit of everything. It was just very sad. Looking back, you know, it's been, what, 16 years now and um, to where the girls have come to and how we've all kind of like healed through that. It's just a real godsend. And did your own business can carry through that season? I This is the spot, you see. Like mm. this is where I really had to make it because there was nobody else there to help me. Mm. So, you know, we obviously parted and there was nothing that, you know, like was left to me in the sense of because we sold a house we lost a lot of money overseas on on a business and stock market and all that sort of stuff so it was almost like starting from scratch again so I had to you know run the show and um, look after the girls and everything else so I think you know for a lot of mums I know there's a lot of um, mums that are single out there it's really hard I, I would just encourage them just to just to pick up and make everyday work however that may look and it's really tough really really tough but if I can do it I think anybody can do it you know and it's um when your children grow up as they grow up then they go through the teenage years and all that sort of stuff happens you know Mm. but again um maybe having that the values from my upbringing kind of like helped me to keep me strong and resilient and you know for nothing to disturb my peace and just to move on because I had children you know, so all of a sudden I couldn't be selfish and have what I wanted. I had to like fend for them and provide mm. for them. Or that hard working thing, you know, it's like yeah. you'll be a mother. Oh, yes. You know, yeah. it's like maybe there was a, some subconscious, you know, uh, programming in there, whatever. I don't mm. know. But it, it um, pans out that I, um, I really, I struggled. But at the end of the day, you know, the person that I am today, I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for my mum I guess my mum is a very strong lady very strong lady Mm. and how did your parents respond when you decided to become a Christian oh they didn't like it I actually thought that I joined a cult because I'd I'd go home and um, I'd read my bible at night and um, my mum and dad especially I can't remember whether it was my mum or dad one of them would take my bible off me I was like you're not reading that 
Even though they were themselves part of the Orthodox. Well, that's right, yes. Yeah. But they, you know, they, they, I think in the Orthodox uh, religion, you know, you, you go to church and the priest does everything. So you you are in a religious state where you have to show up at church because you that's your kind of salvation. Uh-huh. Whereas for me, salvation came from God, not from the church. Sure. And even now when I talk to people, they go like, oh, you know, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. I go, totally. You so don't have to go to church. But, you know, the environment and the friendships and the fellowship or whatever word you want to give it, Mm -hmm. you know, is very important because um, you just never know who's going to encourage you or who you're going to be there for. So, Mm -hmm. and I think the church as a whole, doesn't matter what denomination, you know, it could be even the Greek Orthodox um, I think um, we need to be strong in God mm-hmm. and um, just just encourage people and just be there for them. And when you went through this dark sort of season, did, did you stick with church? No, no, I didn't. I ran away. Okay. And I didn't run away from God, but I kind of like, I didn't want to go to church because I didn't want people feeling sorry for me. Uh-huh. And I was all, almost, you know, I was probably in a shame, blame, guilt state and I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want them to bring me any dinners. I didn't want them to take care of my kids. I just wanted to hide because I felt like I had failed everybody. Mm. And um, I I ran away. But then I came back to church and it actually looked foreign. Everything was just like, you know, I'd turn up at church and the singing would be going on and I'd just go like, oh, this is so hard just coming in here. Did you go back to the same church? Yes. You did? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Mm But you know what? I just had to suck it up and just um, go in. And even the days that I didn't feel like going, you know, I put my makeup on, I got myself nicely dressed and I went. And it's amazing actually how how wonderful you can feel just coming out of church. Not because you're a good Christian girl, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, but because because even like singing the songs or maybe even not singing them, just being there. Um, I think the Holy Spirit was really talking to me and just really, you know, depositing good things into my soul. Mm. Mm. What was it that brought you back? What was it that brought me back? Um, I, I, I think I needed to be in church. I may not have wanted to, but I needed to be there. So... I think it was probably God nudging me to do that. And if I saw people, whether it was in the shops or on the phone or people that contact me or clients or whoever, and um, I think um, I needed to be there. So I, I came back. Um, sometimes I would go in and dive out really fast because <laughs> I didn't want to be seen. It sounds odd and ridiculous, but it, it was exactly like that. And then I did Bible college um, three years ago and I did TV and media. So now that I am fully involved in that sort of uh, capacity that I volunteer on Sundays and I do the cameras or in the control room or whatever it might be, I just love it. Yeah, I really love it. So um, it helps me in so many areas and just to stay centered you know, and um, I think even with writing my book or, or being whoever Mary Bacon is, you know, because people can make you out to be bigger than what you actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be centered and I just wanted to be um, quiet and still in God. And that's what church does to me, just to be surrounded by people who are humble and mm. people who just love Jesus, you know, 
and not not for them to tell me that they're better than me or for me to prove anything to anybody but it's just that centeredness and so you got involved in the media media is sort of part of your business as well with your you do youtube videos yes is that right i and do <laughs> so i have done some radio as well yes can you talk a bit about perhaps those youtube videos they're cooking videos yeah oh my gosh that's probably my happiest place oh yeah yeah i just love the kitchen you leave me in there for a whole day with some music behind and i am just the whole world doesn't exist so i love mm. um i love the kitchen and i love filming those things so um i'd probably that's probably where I would end up being in the kitchen and filming cooking shows <laughs> and then on the side of it I'll have all the exercises yeah I do I do love that and um, I guess my whole um, training and my whole philosophy around you know fitness and all that sort of stuff it's not all about like doing just the physical training it's about the nutrition part of your of your health Mm. And, and the fitness and uh, people say to me oh you know what sort of diet do you follow or I want to lose weight and what can I do and all this sort of stuff and I really um, I, I don't have just one answer because it's not like oh just follow this particular diet and do this particular exercise and you'll be fit and healthy um, you know forever it's really a lifestyle thing and I say to people just eat everything and eat it with a purpose and like, what is that purpose? Why Why do you need to eat? Well, obviously you need to eat to be healthy and to live long and mm. be healthy. And But also <laughs> live a long, healthy life. You can live long but not be healthy. Mm. And that's a problem too. And I see a lot of things because I my background with my family, I mean, they were obese. Oh, really? Yeah. So I think if I look back in, in my genetics, I, I don't come from a healthy family nor a skinny family. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was, um, I'm going to make a change here. So even with my children, you know, I've always, you know, taught them healthy food. We would never have any like soft drinks in the house or anything like that. Um, McDonald's, sure. I mean, I would buy the McDonald's every now and then, but it was just a rare, rare occasion. And so um, even them now, like they would, they would eat a variety of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said to a client um, a couple of days ago, I said, I'm going to go to the shops and get some quince. And she said, what's that? Mm. And I said, quince, it's um, it's fruit. It's like um, a pear, but it's got a distinct flavor. It's really like, um, uh, it's not your juicy apple kind of taste. And I said, I'm going to make a salad with that. And she's like, I'm staring at me going like, I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> you know? um, or pomegranates or things mm. like that, you know, or kale. I mean, I've been brought up on all this sort of stuff. So yeah. I feel like people have just gone a little bit crazy with all this you know, fanatical health. And Mm -hmm. I think just eat everything and variety of stuff. If it's summer, eat summer stuff. If it's winter, eat winter things. And, you know, don't go overboard at nighttime. Eat light and all that sort of stuff so that you can, you don't have to wake up tired in the morning. So, and, and move every day. If you can move every day, it's just amazing, you know, how much you can achieve. You actually have more energy when you're moving. And then the holistic aspect that I would um, probably preach, I would say preach because I do preach holistic <laughs> stuff, <laughs> is, um, is, you know, putting that time aside for you to stay centered. And mm-hmm. for some people, they love meditating. You know, my daughter goes out, um, she lives in Queensland and she goes out in the beach and um, she said, you know, mom, I meditate every day. And um, I, I sort of, and I would, um, you know, I would pray every day. Like I would wake up, the minute I wake up, I, it's just like I've got to, I, I feel like I need to and want to give God, you know, praise because 
I have another day that God's given me breath to breathe and um, to make an impact in somebody's life. And I look for things every day, like without fail. I look for things every day that I can make a difference in somebody's life or I can send a text message to somebody um, or Facebook message Mm -hmm. or somebody. Like I just sent a message to um, one of my friends who actually, incidentally, they were my second client some, how long was that? Oh my gosh, probably about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I just said to her, I love you, Jean. Love you, Jeannie Jean. And just out of the blue, I haven't spoken to her for two weeks. So it's that sort of thing that I kind of like, it matters, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what Jesus is all about. Like he loves his people. And I think if we can reflect the love of Jesus to other people, it's good enough for me, you know? Wow. Mm. So good. And what about the fitness side of it? How does that all sort of work? Um, the fitness side of it all, as far as my business is concerned, you mean, or mm-hmm. as far as uh, what I do or, or um, both? Both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both. Okay. So if I, you know, I I preach and I practice. So mm-hmm. for me, if I don't move, I'm staying congruent and I'm going to beat myself about it if I don't do anything. So Every I, day? Uh, well, yeah, practically every day. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I might just lie down on the floor and I might just do some stretches um, or I have that slidey thing where I just do 10 minutes on just on that. So I've got to move every day. And that's what I say to people. If you just move 15 minutes minimum. Mm. It doesn't have to be like a massive going for, you know, like you're a runner, you love your 20K run. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, before we started recording, I was saying to you, like, I'm, I'm just a 3K girl. Like, I love 3K, 5K run, and that's yeah. me done. Yeah. Um, but that's that's just my capacity or that's what I'm dedicated to give because I want to do so many other things. As long as I'm sweaty and I feel like I've burned some calories off so I can, um, you know, eat. If I'm going out to dinner, then I'm mindful of how much exercise I've done before I've gone out. Not not sort of go like, oh, I'm going out to dinner tonight. Well, Monday I'll start my diet. <laughs> it just does not work like that. That's yeah. not the mindset. That's a really, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's not the mindset to have. So I always say to people, just move and do everything you can and make make sure you stay balanced in one area because I find that sometimes people go too fanatical with their fitness and they don't have enough time either for their family or themselves or or to work on themselves as well you know um Mm -hmm. or even doing extra things whatever that may be you know whether it's uh, contributing in a community or whether it's contributing to something bigger or contributing to your grandchildren like my grandson now is like okay <laughs> what are we going to do with this boy here wow. so did I say it's like everybody it's relative to everybody and just make sure that they they have that and what your intention is to really follow on, on that great mm-hmm. and you do trigger point therapy too <sighs> yes Trigger point therapy. So people ask me what trigger point therapy yeah. is because um, the word therapy kind of maybe sends a different message out there. But basically, it's um, when a muscle is overused and it gets tight, um, it's almost like ice and water. Mm-hmm. And when that muscle gets tight, it creates a problem in the joint. And mm-hmm. so movement is restricted mm-hmm. and exercise is restricted and people go into pain and then nerves or vertebrae or joints are restricted as well. And they, they are kind of like in a lockdown mode. And with the pressure, I, I apply pressure on that spot. And it releases that pressure just like the ice would melt. And now you can drink that water. 
So in a muscle term, you can actually move and you can do more. So if you, mm. if I was to do, say, a hip release on you, you'd run freely. You'd run or you, it's almost like flying. You feel like you're flying like a bird. You're like just free and you can wow. just go on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. So myofascia release, trigger point therapy, they sort of mean the same thing but different language. So, yeah, taking the muscle out, out of that spasmed feel. Right. And that's something that periodically people can do to kind of stay. Yes. And their best. Yes. Mobile state. Yeah, that? correct. That's right. right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And wow. I think when people just do one thing, one thing, one thing. So you'll have the, the gym people, they'll just go into pump classes or mm. they'll do CrossFit or they'll do whatever. And because they're doing the repetitive kind of movements all the time, their body gets restricted, big mm. tightness. So I always say to people, go and do different stuff all the time. You might want to do some you know, stretching classes, or you might want to do some um, Pilates classes so that you're not just doing strength training. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I have Asian clients and they do either Qigong or or Tai Chi or any of that stuff. So it's again, you know, different form of movement, but it's a calming state. So I guess each to their own, you know, it's like what people, you know, are more free to do. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Balance. And you've spoken a little on this already, but in terms of what you believe in terms of faith Mm -hmm. and then in holistic well-being, do those sort of fit together? Yes, they do. And um, uh, recently I was asked to speak at a law firm and um, obviously, you know, I'm not preaching Jesus, but I'm talking about my holistic type of training and talking about the body, the mind, the spirit and and the soul. And it's like, how do I blend that in? And um, spiritually, that means... um, so much to me because i would um if i train if i train the spirit then i'm really like focused on what what the holy spirit is teaching me to do um if i'm talking about the soul then it's like what am i depositing out of the word of god into my life and if i'm talking about the mental um how am i processing uh, or digesting or you know executing decisions all that sort of stuff you know what is my mental state it's like how do i look at things you know how do i look at myself and how do i actually show up in life because life can be a bit of a game and we like to play games, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be manipulative or we can be caring. And mm-hmm. so the mental state to people I find is really, it can be, you know, either one way or another. And trying to keep people centered on that is really, really interesting. Um, so what, what, the physical, I think the physical I already mentioned, just keep moving. And I think, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're more positive. Your mind talks to you a different language then. You know, you tell yourself, good on you you did well today mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and it's like uh, you, you know when you've moved or you've gone for a run or you've exercised or whatever when mm-hmm. you get home you go like i've just busted a gut i am not gonna go for whatever in the mm-hmm. kitchen you know you're not gonna do the what do you call those slim slam tams and or whatever you call them what do you call those tim tam tam slams oh yeah. my gosh that sounded so dyslexic never mind <laughs> it's, did i answer your question yeah it's funny because I also find it it works, um, like you're saying, you exercise and you feel happier. If I feel happy, I perform better when I'm exercising, I find. Yes. If I'm happy, I can run a lot easier than if I'm not happy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So for anyone listening who's not where they want to be in terms of their well-being... So you've mentioned already in terms of fitness, just get moving. But would you give any other advice overall? 
Yes, I would. I think this is where people like me come in handy, personal trainers mm. or dietitians or nutritionists, um, whoever. So I feel that people sometimes may need to go and see somebody that mm -hmm. is outside of their own environment that's going to really keep them accountable yeah. and um, get them on a, on a good path and a healthy path. So when you have somebody that is behind you and supporting you, then you're more likely to do it. So the advice that I would give to people, again, is um, yeah, really eat healthy and eat in moderation. Um, don't go overboard with one thing or another. And I think sometimes people, um, empty calories seem to be a lot more appealing to people than actually a substantial meal. Yeah. And so I have to question that. It's like, why would you put that in your, in your body? You know, it's like, to me, I don't, I don't get it. And I was talking to a friend recently and we were driving and I said, you know, it's almost like having a nice car. If you had a really, really flashy car, you know, you would look after it, you would wash it, you would keep it clean inside, you would put good petrol in it, um, you'll have your wheels balanced and all that sort of stuff so that you wouldn't be paying a price at the end because, you know, wheels are cost a fortune, mm -hmm. <laughs> tires and all that. Yeah. So I know it might be a silly analogy to kind of like look at, but your engine needs to go for years and years. And so our engine on, on the inside, you know, diseases and all that sort of stuff, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens over a period of time. And so if people just chose to have a healthy lifestyle all the time and, you know, 80% really good, 20%, you can go a bit slack, you know, whether it's a birthday or whether you're going on holidays or whatever it might be, fair enough. You know, I understand that. And you're being normal and good. But to go either like, oh, well, I only live once, I'm going to drink or I only live once, I'm just, you know, when my time's up, that's, that's warped thinking. Mm -hmm. It's really sad. To, to have that kind of thinking. So I think renew your mind, pick up the Bible and just <laughs> like Casey Treat would say, just by the renewing of your mind, you'll go better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm a big believer. And I think even going to the Bible and looking at um, scripture or what God says about your temple and your body and stuff like that. If you really feel that God is taking you places and he wants to use you for something, then you, you need to last the distance. You need to have that energy. You need to have the mental clarity. You need to sleep well and be in peace with, your, with yourself. If you're not sleeping right, there's an issue. Go and sort it out. Talk to a pastor or pastoral team or counselor or whoever it might be. And um, I think the best people that do uh, best things are the ones that um, ha they have other people that keep them accountable. So in my business, I mean, I do run my business very holistically and it's amazing. Like for example, this afternoon, um, you know, I'm seeing one of my lawyer clients and it's amazing how the conversation goes around of what is actually important in life. And here I am, you know, training, physically training them. It's not really for, for emotional, mental or whatever, because these people are, you know, highly motivated people. But it's amazing how the um, conversation rolls out into more, you know, depth and going into the spirit and going into the calmness. And, you know, people have discovered a sleep app and they go like, oh my gosh, you know, since I've had this sleep app, it's like, I am not really sleeping right. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I could have told you that if you're searching for that coffee first thing in the morning, that's a clue. <laughs> yeah, right. If you're waking up tired at nighttime, that's a clue. It comes sort of normal, doesn't it? It is, yeah. And, you know, my grandmother didn't have any apps or anything like that. And so 
Oh, and I mean, I don't want to sound a little bit old-fashioned here, but <laughs> I kind of think it's self-explanatory sometimes. So I think um, just just be 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 very clear of where you are and be real with yourself and say, you know what, I'm not doing well and I want to do better. But if you if you're not doing well and you're still using excuses, then I'm sorry, but just stay there. Like don't don't pollute other people's thinking and and other people's progress because it's not required. <laughs> <laughs> You're undoing my job. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I hope that helps for people to, um, yeah, kind of get encouraged. Yeah, great. And then also being a mum and now a grandma as yes. well, would you have any reflections on motherhood that you would share with us? You know, I feel I feel really grateful that I've, I've have been a mum and I loved being a mum. And now I watch my daughter and she has got her own way of doing things. Mm. And she will ring and she'll say, oh, you know, this is rash or something or other, you know. Um, and I sort of think I can't preach at her and I don't want to preach at her. I, wanna, I want her to have her own experience. And when she asks, then I'm there and I will tell her. But um, I think too many mums nowadays... Um, you know they're either open or they're closed and i just think for the ones that are open just stay open and do what you feel is the right thing to do for you and your baby and for your mental and emotional state for the ones that are closed um i would say like just be a bit open because you know your mom or somebody else cares they're not preaching at you they're just giving you advice and you've got the choice of taking it or not so um, again, I think um, it, it shows up in, in however the life will roll out. So if, um, if something is not happening, then kind of like look at what, what's happening, what you're doing, what you're not doing and, and try different things. So um, yeah, it's, it's great. I just, I, I didn't think, everyone was telling me, oh my gosh, you love this grandmother stage. And I'm thinking, you're talking a language I don't understand. <laughs> I have no clue. And you're one of those grandmothers. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I'm a grandmother, I have to be careful because it's like, you know, I don't want to go into the full, you know, like you're only a young girl, right? And so like me being a grandmother here, and I go like, oh my gosh, I love it. And I will be gushing and everything. And you're like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> but it is fun. So yeah. what I'm saying, I have to be careful. It's like I have clients and everybody says, oh, your grandson is just gorgeous. And I'm thinking, yeah, he's gorgeous. But it's like, I don't need to vomit on them either to go like, yes, it's so, it's so the best thing on this earth. <laughs> it's just sure. one in a million. I'm just blessed to have him as a grandson. Like I'm just, I think God really honored me when he gave me a grandson. You know, I was just like, wow. Yeah. It's such a blessing, you know. And is, is he in Queensland? Mm-hmm. So is that difficult doing family from a distance? Oh, no. I'm just, I'm going up there for two days next week. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Very so, good. It's only an hour flight, so it's all yeah. good. Yeah. And going from having two girls to having a boy, is that different? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I think so. In yeah. what way? We're excited. I think we need a man in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I think my children um, have been surrounded by girls around them. You know, all the cousins are practically girls. Okay. And so we need a bit of um, testosterone around. Yeah. And, and, you know, my ex-husband just loves him and adores him. So it's, it's great to see him. We were talking a couple of nights ago and um, he was just saying, oh, isn't he just the best thing ever? <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, we're talking about our grandson. This is amazing. Wow. It's great. Really great. But, you know, I, th- I have to say grace, just grace, grace, grace. It's just grace yeah. that has got us to this point. Mm. You know, it's great. 
So mm. yeah, very blessed. And talking about being a mum, you released a book recently, Pregnant, Fit and Fabulous. Mm -hmm. So what inspired you to write that book at this time? It was the women that were coming to me and asking me questions because I had two girls and I was in the gym and I was quite dedicated to myself Mm -hmm. to really look and feel good. And, um, you know, I would teach aerobics classes and the mums would come up to me and say, oh, you know. I have weak pelvic floor. When I do the star jumps, I'm not really good with them. And I have this little bulge below my navel. I don't like it. And I think the emotional um, aspect of, you know, after children, you know, when mums, you know, really want to work hard to get the weight off, but they're not happening. So I um, started training pregnant mums. And then it just rolled on from then, and I started doing more courses on pregnancy and more horses on horses. <laughs> not horses, absolutely not horses. <laughs> Nothing to do with horses. Um, courses um, for um, pregnancy and um, post birth and all that sort of stuff. So I um, was just collecting data. I was collecting research. I've been collecting research for ten years. So the pro- the um, the book is very research based. And um, the exercises that I've been doing with mums are in there. And also I felt that mums need to train before they fall pregnant. Mm-hmm. Very important. So that they, when they get to their pregnancy, they actually maintain their good weight. They only put on the baby's uh, weight, which is anywhere from 13 to 15 kilos. And then they bounce back really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's great. It's wow. amazing. And I'm getting really good feedback from people which is great so i'm very excited and inspired i think women inspire me there's some beautiful women out there so together so good they just want the right thing for themselves and for their family it's beautiful to watch yeah definitely yeah and how is that process of being an author and putting together the book to be honest with you, it hasn't all been easy. My daughter who had the baby five years ago, she was not in a good place and um, she needed a lot of um, um, healing and she needed a lot of medical help. And so she had a um, good year that she spent. She came down from Queensland and came down to live with me. And um, so trying to run two businesses, write a book and look after my daughter it was a very very trying time mm. very trying time and especially back then what she was what 21 or so and the language that was coming out of this child was just appalling you know i didn't bring up a child to be rude to me mm-hmm. so um it was a very trying time very hurtful time and um and again even that through that i saw jesus in my life just healed all that so um writing the book even in those times yeah i i just pressed on i'm consistent i think um when i i have a vision and i just go at it i don't stop and give up yeah wow Mm -hmm. amazing and over your journey overall has there been a scripture or bible passage that has been really key for you um you know i Psalm 91 is probably my favorite psalm. Mm. And my uh, a former mother-in-law, who I dearly call mum, she is like my mum. And after all, I met the family when I was 16. So mm. the Bacon family have kind of like been my family and I feel like they've spiritually brought me up. And Philippians 1.6 is the scripture that mum always would tell me about me. This is my mother-in-law. 
and to this day I still I still tell her that I I see her consistently every week I probably see her or, or call her and talk and um you know yeah just um just that scripture alone you know just telling me that Christ is going to fulfill what he started in me and fulfilling my purpose and destiny mm. um I, I go spin believe now just thinking about it and you know it's not by chance and it's not because she wanted to be nice and it's not because she's religious that she really instilled that in me it was because she really genuinely loves me and to have that kind of love it's just not normal in in the sense of like looking at you know like society as such because you know when you have a marriage breakup and it's your own son and you know the daughter-in-law is now out of the family but to have that love for her and everything is just amazing so i've been really blessed with that so mum would constantly encourage me with that verse and talk talk to me about jesus and my both my father-in-law who passed away recently and i felt sadder then for my father-in-law going than what I actually did when my dad passed away and I think it's only because uh from the moment he employed me to the moment that he died he told me that you know darling we just love you just like one of our children and that was just like constant and consistent always so and I go surely dad there is a god because you know <laughs> um and nobody would do this you know so it's been um it's been amazing and then Psalm 91 um I have a friend um she's in Perth she's a pastor um for many many years she would send me scriptures and it was probably in the time where I was in the valley and I would um just shut down and not want to talk to anybody and she would send me scriptures of encouragement and um it's funny how you know we do things and we're hard I was hard <laughs> and um I got like oh my gosh she's preaching again but it's probably yeah another person like that who has impacted my life so i feel like if i was that hard you know in my heart i was hard because i didn't want anybody to hurt me anymore and i thought if she can make an impact in my life then surely i can encourage one or two people you know and so it's been a, a mixture of everything really yeah amazing and in terms of what it is you believe, your faith, the way you view the world, can you tell us a bit about what's kind of at the core of that? What sums that up? Somebody asked me the other day, who is Mary Bacon? And I said, Mary Bacon is a child of God, first and foremost. And Mary Bacon has got a purpose. And Mary Bacon was broken and alone and God healed her. Not, not because Mary's going to be glorified to be this whoever person but because he believed in me to make an impact in the world and so whether that's through my book or whether I speak on a stage or whether I have a a program or a podcast like we're doing now um it really doesn't matter and um I just love how God has softened me and it's not like I have reached this state of like super spiritual whatever being it's not that it's just that i have let god increase and i have decreased and that's the place that i come from now so when i step into church and um you know i you know I might be on cameras or or wherever i am placed to um volunteer or to serve i'm there with a heart that wants to only serve god 
and collectively as a team like the church team we're serving bigger people and everybody's just like a jigsaw puzzle that you know my little piece in that whole picture makes the picture look perfect and so that's where I'm coming from and that's where I want to be yeah great and in terms of the future what are your hopes and dreams what are you hoping the future looks like well, I am praying New York in, so oh. I, I have my heart set on New York and um, hope to live there half the time and Sydney half the time. So anybody listening that wants to <laughs> talk to me about New York, please do. Um, but yeah, the, so the future looks amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. To the point where I sometimes go like, oh my gosh, really? Um, it's like, because I've experienced so much goodness in the last maybe two years that I think, you know, I just, I just have a vision of heaven and I have a vision of heaven that God is just this amazing person that just loves us. And he just says, come, come. I have so much for you. I have this perfect place here and I want you to come and I want you to bring your sisters. I want you to bring your brother, you bring your, your, your business people come. So I'm very, Every day I look at this heaven and um, I just go like, I'm going to go and see dad and he's going to be so proud of me and I'm going to go and see my granny and all this sort of stuff, you know. So I, I'm very heaven bound. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's for that. So it doesn't matter what city. Geography does not matter. It could be in Sydney. I could be down in Wagga Wagga or wherever. But um, to me, it's like, yeah, I just want to make an impact. And in everybody that I meet, I just want to bless them with something. It might be even buying a coffee for the person that's standing behind me in the queue. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Making an impact. That's what the future looks like. Sparrows and Wildflowers is brought to you by Victory One Media and hosted by Rachel Simpson with artwork by Nicola Gibb.